Escape from Plan A. Hey, welcome listeners. Here's another episode of Escape from Plan A for you guys. This is your host, Chris. I'm here with Teen and our our most frequent and favorite guest, Trevor from Champagne Sharks. What's up, guys? Hey, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Interesting week. A real throwback week, which makes me want to uh, plug our Patreon. I know we don't do that a lot. Uh, we probably should, but you know, just seeing this return to basically WrestleMania 2018, um, it, it just made me proud that we're still around and these people still care about us. Uh, must mean we're doing something right. So if you want to support us, I don't know. You know, you're sick of all these like boring ass like asian american stuff out there hey we're still around and uh, consider it an act of defiance against those people to send us some support on patreon so you can find us at www.patreon.com slash plan a mag there'll be links in the show notes and everything so hit us up there but yeah as t was saying um these last couple of days have been almost a nice little trip down memory lane i know in our last podcast which Teen uh, and I and Jess were on. We were talking about that Slate article about uh, you know Asian identity and stuff, and we were kind of thinking, oh, what a, what a nice uh, throwback. Uh, and we, I thought it would be that, but I don't know. You, you guys want to expound on, on what happened in in the last couple of weeks? Uh, I'll let Teen, I mean not uh, days. I'll let Teen go first, but I was just gonna say because we, we always go through this. I think it's probably uh, best for the sake of this podcast to just call me trevor because i feel like people get confused with t and teen but i was just gonna throw that out there all right very true yeah you know you know what's funny i try to explain what happened to my girlfriend and like to succinctly like summarize what happened on twitter the last few days and i honestly couldn't because uh, i'm not <laughs> i don't actually know what happened other than it involved simu liu they tried to they try they got receipts on him and his old reddit account and how he had Posted an Asian identity, which uh, I think Slate had um, put on the United States terrorist watch list. <laughs> and uh, so he had posted in there four times. And so now he's a terrorist. And uh, they, they, I guess, br- brought those. Re- and, and another one, a really weird one, where he was doing an AMA, where he had, like, played. He was, uh, it was a character that he, role that he played, and it involved, like, a pedophile storyline. And then he did some research into pedophilia as part of that role and he had found out that it really had some was a sort of genetic based you know disorder or whatever and so it's this really weird and not so well thought out ama thing where he was like hey i just found out pedophilia is kind of like being gay and uh anyway pretty weak receipts and i guess they there was a contingent that just really had it out for him and they they try to bring it out to all the receipts and cancel them and hopefully there's no shang chi too or whatever and it all blew up in their faces and everyone got pissed off at them and they said a du- bunch of dumb shit the weird thing with that pedophilia thing was he wasn't saying it was morally the same as homosexuality which is what i think they were trying to twist it <laughs> to say that he was saying that that pedophilia is as morally uh acceptable as uh uh homosexuality or that they're part of the same culture or anything he would just if anything he was trying to um if anything i think he was showing like a kind of compassion for uh homosexual people as in saying uh he was just saying that they're both have a genetic component to them and just like you wouldn't um just ask a gay person to change you know it's not easy to tell someone with pedophilia to just get rid of the urges like i mean it was pretty clear yeah, no i got his point yeah, yeah yeah it was pretty clear like whether you agree with it or not agree with it he was not saying anything bad about uh gay people in that or saying that they were uh morally on par but that was a common thing with these people is they are always willing to warp anything and use anybody as a shield to do it so they were doing a lot of stuff with black people where they were like 
uh, yeah, you know, uh, we're doing this on behalf of black people and also, you know, for the gays. And, you know, I don't think they really care about any of that. You know, the funny thing about the, the pedophilia thing was I think the people behind all this actually probably at first were excited because they were like, oh, this could be the thing that sinks them because really, uh, you know, one of those things that everyone can unite against is pedophilia. It is a thing that even brought someone like uh, Milo Yiannopoulos down. It was just like, okay, that's beyond the pale. Nobody can defend you for that. Yet, I think when it started to overshadow his, uh, the Asian, you know, misogyny kind of thing, I think they started to get a bit upset when people are, were like, oh yeah, oh yeah, well, so what? Who he, he was just, you know, posting about his show on that thing. Uh, let's get back to the pedophilia thing. They were probably, oh, no, 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 you know, that pedophilia, that's, uh, that's not what we wanted him to do. So, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to provide some kind of big picture thing uh, just, just to give people who aren't that uh, familiar with what happened. I mean, I think this is more or less a timeline. You guys can jump in and add things or correct me if I, if I stumble. But, you know, as I mentioned before, Teen Jess and I, we did a podcast because on our last episode, because I think it was maybe Wednesday, uh, Slate publishes an article by Aaron Mack about this, you know, Asian identity and, and these, these, like, these like sinister Asian, Asian-American male misogynists who were, you know, this plague upon society. Uh, and then uh, the next day, I believe, um, people start trying to tie it to Simo Liu. And this is uh, kind of predictable because going back to at least as far as like summer of 2019, there's, there's like a certain crowd of uh, Asian Twitter that has really had it out for uh, Simo Liu. Um, if, you, if you know this guy, uh, he, he goes by the, he used to go by the handle No Totally on Twitter. He went on some like, like Twitter rant about him, uh, you know, back when he got cast at Shang-Chi. I know people like Jen Fang have, have had, you know, very, just have, have had an agenda against him for, for quite a while. Uh, and then uh, I think once this article comes out and this thing is, you know, kind of in the conversation, uh, they thought it was their chance to go after Simo Liu and this guy, Edward Hong, who is, like, I don't know, I guess some actor, voice actor type, he goes on this Twitter rant about how uh, there, there's a secret Asian male misogynist. Uh, uh, turns out Simu Liu, I may not have any proof, but, uh, you know, he's evil. Uh, you guys better watch out. And then I think later, wait, 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 late wait. on Friday night. They didn't even say they didn't have proof. They just kept, they did the opposite. They kept saying they had receipts. But then they would never show them. <laughs> that that was the best part to me. They would just say, "Yeah." No, actually, the, no. This Ed, Edward Hong guy in his uh, tweet, right, says, "You may not, I may not have any receipts, but that's either because um, he's so good at covering up his tracks, or he doesn't even need to do anything. He, his followers just implicitly understand uh, his like. Th- he's like an overmind, and he <laughs> can control." his underlings to do his bit. Oh, the <laughs> and funniest then, uh, thing about that is I never really watched his stuff until um, this stuff happened. I, like with the, Shang, with the Shang-Chi stuff, I didn't get a chance to see the movie. So I said, I'm kind of curious like what the big deal about this guy is because I thought the trailer was very bland and uncharismatic. And I'm like, is it him yeah. or is it the trailer? So I started watching Kim's Convenience, you know, and... He ended up like having a lot of personality and having like some comedic, you know, skill. But at the end of the day, he at, has mostly like just a total bro, almost himbo vibe. Like so, reconciling what I was seeing in front of me on this Kim Kim's Convenience show and reading like his actual Reddit stuff, which is just, uh, you know, he kind of reminds you of you know Joe Rogan has this kind of broy curiosity uh where he's like he's so open-minded his mind's almost like falling out like he's just like hey i like dmt yeah. i like uh i like flotation tanks you know hey weed is cool like simo has very much that vibe to be like just an affable bro who you know is uh like borderline himbo-ish so like to, to read those tweets and watch the show and then read this uh nefarious mastermind uh, puppet master that they were painted. <laughs> so funny. They made him sound out to be like Shang-Chi's father. Yeah, exactly. He's the Mandarin. He's a real-life Mandarin. Uh, <laughs> the Mandarin of MR Asians. Yeah, but Trevor, I think you're getting exactly why they've never liked him at the start. It is because of that himbo vibe. It is because of this 
uh, I guess, roguenish um, inability to control. I think that's what is most infuriating about him. He is a little too connected online. Like, we know he's on Reddit. They can't quite prove he is an avid follower of Asian identity, uh, but he is not... But I I think they imagine him to be. He is an avid poster on, like, subtle Asian traits, which, for some reason... um, And and this is something that kind of makes me sympathize with subtle Asian traits. Like, everyone just projects what they hate upon them. Like, you will see Asian identity guys talk about uh, subtle Asian traits as this place where you're not allowed to ever talk about uh, anti-Asian violence, and it's just where a bunch of, like... Uh, Asian girls go to go to boast post about their white boyfriends. Meanwhile, the uh, Asian American progressive types will say, "Oh, that's where uh, Asians just go to talk apolitical, ignorant ass Asian Americans just go to celebrate boba and, and talk about movies and and talk about raves or something." So, I, that, he is not of their kind. Oh, no, I love that boba just this emblem of like everything bad. <laughs> Poor, poor yeah, boba. It's delicious. I don't yeah. know why people. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's good. I mean, I kind of <laughs> get it because it's such a symbol of a certain type of person, but it is good too. It's just funny as it's the the symbol of the slander. It just makes me laugh. Yeah. Uh. So anyway, the timeline. I remember Thursday night because I, I was out. Uh, I was at a comedy show, and you know, when I was leaving, I was just like laughing at this like pathetic uh, Edward Hong tweet thread, which I admitted he had no evidence, but, you know, trust me, bro, uh, this guy's nefarious. And then, you know, uh, I'm coming home late at night, and then I see uh, uh, Simu's on, trending on Twitter, and then all this stuff happened. And, yeah, th- th- you know, uh, you guys, I, I kind of sort of joked that, oh, that, that Slapey's, I bet it was all because Shang-Chi's coming on, and they're, like, they're so resentful and, and jealous of it. Uh, and, I, I, you know, I kind of meant it, but I also was kind of joking. After this, I really do think it was because of that they were like okay we thought this movie was going to fail and you know uh, the wrong type of asian american wasn't going to ascend to stardom but looks like he is uh this piece is alive again because i don't think they could publish a piece like that slate piece during uh you know stop Asia in the middle of like the stop asian hate campaign it, w- it would be in very poor taste uh so yeah i think i think they were like okay we can kind of kill two birds with one stone we had this piece going we now have an excuse to do it and we can take down this guy that we just kind of don't like also say too i think with the uh, simu with the simu thing you did you did predict that uh you wonder if the slate article is coming you know because of simu and that a big reason i think that you're right is because i think you guys said that you were interviewed for that article like two years ago like what would happen the past two years that would suddenly make this, you know, timely? And as soon as the article came out, instantly, people just came out talking about, um, I think the Edward Hung guy says, uh, yeah, I don't want to blow it up, but there's a certain Hollywood actor who, uh, you know, is one of the masterminds of this group. And the very next tweet is like, Okay, I'll just say the sea moon. It's like okay, okay. It's like, <laughs> like five yeah, seconds later. Five seconds later, you were never conflicted about. Like it was you got me. You guys got me. <laughs> I don't know how much yeah. pressure happened in the five seconds between those two <laughs> tweets, but he due to overwhelming demand, I'm just gonna say the sea moon. Because the story they framed it around was Eileen Huang and. That story happened earlier, way earlier this year, like winter of 2021. So it's like, if you were that concerned about her, why didn't you do it when she was facing the most of these attacks? Why wait until pretty much everyone's forgotten about it and and kind of moved on to bring it back, drag her back into all this? uh, Yeah, and and now I firmly think it was just just like culture class jealousy. You know, yeah, didn't you, Chris, didn't you find some tweets? I forgot who it was by, but they were basically like really excited because they had already sort of got his Reddit receipts and they were saying like, we're going to wait till this motherfucker makes it big and then we're going to drag oh, it. Oh, that happened? Right. I, I don't, no, I don't think yeah. they did because first of all, if you wanted to inflict maximum damage, why would you wait until like the third weekend after this movie's already a huge hit, after already he's become... Well, because because I think that they want him to get oh, big. Well, well, you know what? And then if, if that's what they wanted to do. Was a, mis- receipts, was a miscalculation, I think. Right, because like if I wanted to, the the best way to snuff out his career would be for this movie to utterly bomb. No, but that's my point. Like, why would they want to snuff his career out? If they don't get anything from that, right? Like, if they if he makes it big, but then they have this sort of like 
See, this is going back to my whole, like, you know, uh, time's up sort of racket, like, where you both, like, are the uh, prosecutor and the defense attorney. You know, you're you're the mob selling protection against yourself, right? So I, I feel like what they really wanted, I don't know who they is exactly, but, you know... If you wanted to get receipts and leverage over someone, you would actually want them to be successful because you then have leverage over someone that is sort of a big deal. I agree with white men. I don't agree with Asian and black men. The reason why is because I don't think they even want an Asian or black man that they have leverage over. I think they just don't want them there at all. Like they just like I think they're okay with white men there, but on their terms, you know, but uh, I think. Asian men and black men are just uh, party crashes in their utopia. So to me, I feel like they're very jealous of the uh, affection and approval of like the white mainstream. So it's like, you know, you don't want this person to take off and get big and then have leverage over them because they don't want to extract anything out of Simu Liu. They want to extract from... You know, the white people, they want the approval that they are afraid he's going to be. I mean, it goes back to that uh, theory I was talking about where I said, like, I just think um, minorities in America are just undergoing what I call siblingization, where they've just been trained to just regard each other as, like, siblings. Like, all this beef has sibling rivalry energy to me, and I think... uh, Yes, we'll we'll get more into that later because I think that's a very important theory that yeah. that should get more talked about. What Chris is saying, I think, is right about that. Simu is not; it didn't work because they waited too long. And I mean, this would not be such a, I think, noteworthy event if it didn't fit in a pattern that I've been noticing for for quite a while. Is that whenever there's an Asian American guy, usually. So I think this is very important. They have to be second generation because I think like the type that, that uh, I'll just call them the anti-C moves, they don't, I, I, it's too much to just say they hate Asian American men they, or, or even like straight Asian men. Because I think, I think we saw this with, with um, what's it, uh, with Shang-Chi where a lot of them were like standing, someone like Tony Leung. And I mean, like Tony Leung's great and everything, but if you, if you were really concerned about, you know, progressive values or uh you know toxic masculinity do you really think like a like a 60 year old asian dude from hong kong is going to be more is going to be like better than like a you know, like a simu lu type like but i think they don't care because they're not competing in the same lane it's not they don't have that sibling rivalry thing with with like a tony liang or or any kind of asian from abroad it's they may have their own issues but it, the thing that rankles them the most is is when something is a little too close hits a little too close to home, reminds them too much of whatever like unresolved childhood trauma they have uh, and all that. So, yeah, I just want to just read through some some of the the tweets that this, this Edward Hong guy said, which paints like a very... Because he, he essentially says that, as I said, no, if even if like Simulu never tweeted anything, even if there's no proof, him uh, simply having... Uh, fans of the Asian identity crowd makes them complicit. So it's like you can be, it doesn't matter what you do, uh, as long as we don't like the kind of people who like you, you're guilty and it's your obligation to basically bow down before us and, and say what we want, uh, say what we want you to say. And this is something I've noticed, as I said, with celebrities. I, the first instance I, I remember this happening is with John Cho, like, early 2010s because he, he had an interview uh, in New York Magazine where he's talking about, you know, raising his son uh, with his wife. And, you know, he's talking about, you know, should we raise him up in an all-white neighborhood? It's like, but he's a boy. And, you know, like Asian-American boys in some ways uh, have it worse than Asian-American girls because, you know, emasculation and all that stuff. And then the same crowd that basically tried to cancel uh, Simo Lu this past weekend got really mad at him. John Cho was actually the genesis of this movement called uh, Hypermasculations, which I guess was their first <laughs> attempt to come up with a with a term to to do this. And the thing I think was... Now this crowd probably loves John Cho, but I think it's because he's older now. He's more like an elder statesman. He's more like a dad. 
like John Cho 10 years ago was still Harold from Harold and Kumar. And I think a, mo- a character like Harold from Harold and Kumar is the type that they wouldn't like because he is like a second generation type. He is very, uh, he connects very uh, well with like, like yeah, you get average uh, Asian American guy uh, who was born in America. Same thing happened with like Jeremy Lin. He uh, at a press conference. Uh, Kevin Kreider, who is a male model who was on that, um, what was that? Bling Empire <laughs> that came out last year. He, was, uh, he asked him a question where he said, you know, what was it like growing up as an Asian guy in America? And Jeremy Lin, he just says, pretty innocuous. Yeah, when I was growing up, it's pretty common to see a lot of Asian girls with white guys, but not the other way around. And he, he just noted this as a fact, but he said, you know, I think, you know, I think the world will come to love Asian men. So let's just keep our heads up. That's really all he said. Then uh, Jen Fang on Reappropriate gets this guy to write this article about uh, against Jeremy Lin. And it's really funny. The, the picture they use of Jeremy Lin is exactly like the type of picture that Time Magazine used of O.J. Simpson. <laughs> it's like high contrast. He's like, gl- like kind of like looking down and, and glaring into the camera. It's really funny, especially if you know what like a, like a choir boy Jeremy Lin is. And then I, I thought the same thing kind of happened with Andrew Yang. Which, like, there are a lot of reasons to politically oppose Andrew Yang, but I thought a lot of Asian Americans from the start just didn't like him because they knew that a certain type of Asian guy really identified with him. So it was all just about, like, these tribal politics. And uh, Simu is dwarfs them all, you know, because he is a Marvel star now. He's not... John Cho was, you know, at best, like, an indie actor. Jeremy Lin, like, like an NBA role player... Uh, Andrew Yang, you know, failed presidential and mayoral candidate. But, you know, Simu Liu has climbed to the mountaintop in his field. And I, I think it, it drove them nuts. Uh, I think something that happens, too, with this crowd, we always joke that blue checks are more like each other than they are like any of their other identities. So it's like um, an Asian blue check, a black blue check, a white blue check, for the most part, are more like each other than the... Asian blue check is like uh, you're running the mill Asian, or the black blue check is like you're you're running the mill black person. Like they just I don't know why it is they have the same lingo, the same uh, infuriatingly circular way of arguing, the same like willful obtuseness when you try to argue with them, where they just for some reason they can never understand your point no matter how clear it is. And you're like, are they just playing dumb on purpose so that uh, are they trying to win the argument by just never allowing themselves to openly get the point, you know, uh, the gaslighting where they, you know, they just finish things to you and then you respond, well, I don't think it's true that X, Y, and Z happens. Like, well, I never said X, Y, and Z. It's like, you just said it one tweet ago. Like, it's we can all see it. Like, why, why are you even trying to tell this lie that you didn't say, that you just did not say that, you know? Uh, you know, with the, with the, I always equate arguing with them, like, trying to catch grease pigs like you just can't uh ever get a hold in the argument because always changing it retroactively on you this was this, that, that was exactly what was going mm-hmm. on with Rosalind because i was like I, I had this tweet where i was said like uh you know it it seems like people are going after her because she's vulnerable she's a she's an asian woman with whose self has you know harbors a lot of self loathing or self-hatred and has mental issues and she's she all she, admitted by she, her we're not yeah, saying yeah, that exactly like, she we're not so saying she that was slanderously t- exactly so she was saying that i was judging her. she was like clearly you just are judging and harassing me i said no i'm i'm you literally just said that you're an asian woman who hated you know grew up hating uh hating herself and you, now you have all these uh a lot of mental trauma and issues that you now are asking people to donate money for to, to help pay for and she, I mean, she just, just, I was like, you literally just described yeah, yourself. It was at the, t- it was at like the top of the thread. Like the first above. tweet of the thread was her saying, saying all that about herself. Yeah. And when you repeated it back to her, she, yeah, yeah, this happens yeah. all the time. It's yeah, very, so, it's so it's like they're just a really weird, weird bunch. But yeah, I mean, they all argue and talk and think and use the same jargon, like you know, accountability, gaslighting, violence, trauma, triggering, mental issues. Uh, ableist like like these have like the same the same scripts and i just think across the board like people are just kind of sick of these people and and they kind of get around it but just try and pretend that it's only like alt-right people and like 
certain like uh, minority misogynist men. It's, it's very interesting to see like all the people that will be getting mad at these people, and they will like that's another way that they gaslight you in your face. They'll be like, "Looks like the hoteps are at me, are coming after me again," or it "Looks like the MR Asians." And meanwhile, there'll be like fifty women uh, like yelling at them, and they'll just pretend like uh, they don't exist. They do the same thing. Yeah, go ahead. You know, I it's I've been observing this a lot recently. Like that one of the ways that the blue check crowd um enforce like the way they enforce a lot of times is just through like scolding, like woke scolding, where they will and for Asian Americans, like the key is to call you either the the three big things are you're either anti black um you are supporting white supremacy or you're uh siding with or complicit in white supremacy you're misogynist or you're homophobic or anti-lgbt those are like the four core and i think ableist is in there but it's sort of it's not used quite as often but like these are the sort of core accusations that without it's almost like it's almost like um it's not quite guilty until proven innocent. I don't. I'm not sure it's gone that far, but it is. Oh, it has gone definitely that far. Like, it is, but it's it, okay. Yeah, but it's it's definitely like I don't need the burden is on you to show that you're not. It is not on me yeah, to show that exactly. You are. Which, which which I think is right. guilty until proven innocent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I yeah. guess it is in a way. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I want to read this tweet. This is by Edward Hong, uh, and this is one of the tweets in his his tweet storm against Simulu. For those asking for receipts, you won't find any. All Reddit board and Twitter conversations have been scrubbed clean with specific MRA involvement. You can only go by the experiences of the API women who have been affected by Simu and more precisely his wait, followers. Wait. Can I ask you a so question? That, that, Did he have any proof of any scrubbing? Like, was there like a long chain and a bunch of stuff no. that said deleted? Or was he just taking the absence no, no, no. of evidence See, this as was... proof of the removal of evidence? No, exactly. No, this was before like the, the like the pedophilia uh, post leaked, which I'm sure wasn't done by them. I'm sure it was like some other enterprising individual because I, I think these people are like incompetent. They had like over two <laughs> years to find some dirt on Simulu, and then they they waited until basically he he became kind of like uncancelable because he got too big. I think the Joe Rogan comparison in this situation is apt because like the thing that pisses off uh, a lot of these liberal types. Or these like social justice types, but Joe Rogan is that no matter what they do, he's beyond yeah. them. Like he has his own fan base, he is unaffectable, and they kind of waited to, too long with regards to Simulu. Like Tina, I, I totally understand your point where it's like, yeah, you want you want a guy to get high profile and then take him down as a, as a sign of your power. But I, I think even if they wanted to do that, they waited way too long. It was like you should have done that after like yeah, maybe no, the I, weekend. I think that's right. I mean, I think it failed, and I think that they didn't understand that. That Simu, once he got Disney backing and that he was doing a mainstream movie franchise like of this scale, that they're like Asian American blue check jurisdiction. They're they're like local cops. Yeah. And now we're you know we're we're talking about <laughs> yeah. Cops and stuff. Yeah. They, and you know like, I didn't care. I didn't yeah. think about that because I forgot about the incompetence factor. So like you know, teen teen could be right that they planned that, but they were just too incompetent to realize. You can't let someone get a Marvel movie off the ground and then try to take them try to take them down. But maybe also a lot of these other movies, including Fast and the Furious Nine and these other things that are usually licenses of print money, have actually flopped. So maybe they kind of thought, "Hey, we can't afford to wait. Uh, let's get a big let's get a big uh, audience on him and then you know take him down like that." You know. When when Chris brings in the incompetence factor that, you know, maybe they just forgot that, you know, they're incompetent. Uh, it does make your idea, Teen, seem a little more um, plausible. Like, I, I think I might just be giving him too much credit for having sense. Yeah, because I, mean, I know it happens. I know it happens because I heard that, like, Jen Fang at Reappropriate, like, that she was brought in to sort of vet um, this guy, Benny Law, who started this website called Next Shark. Uh, which is like an Asian American sort of trash gossip, somewhat, <laughs> somewhat Asian. I mean, Asian identity, like you know. I think of it as like Asian Elite look, Daily, maybe something like that. Not yeah, quite Buzzfeed. It, Even Buzzfeed is like too high class compared to it. But you know? but but it has like certain linkages to the to the Asian manosphere, right? Like it's not without its linkages there. 
And so they, uh, what I heard was that he, when they were start, and this is like a site that actually has some money behind it. Benny Law is like making money off this site. It's not amateur over there. They're, this is a professional thing. That they invited um, Jen and Reappropriate to come and vet and audit them and sort of give it a clean bill of health. And so she's actually not been criticizing Next Shark, right? And she'll link to Next Shark oh, and stuff. God. And, um, and so that's why I'm saying, like, there was a sort of a pre- protection. And this was a very small-scale version of what someone like Tina Chen was doing for someone like Andrew Cuomo, right? Like, this is like a tiny, you know, Bush League kind of thing. But that's 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 why I said that I think that th- th- this is kind of their playbook to say there's this guy, Benny Law. He's, got, he's actually got a venture where, you know, they're going to be trying to, you know, capture the Asian-American market, especially for guys. They don't really want him to fail. But they want his continued su- success to be contingent on their uh, approval. It's it, 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 about and that Simu just makes or the them relevant, and that makes them oh, next shark, next shark. And I think they well, tried well, it with, with Simu. Simu but I think they actually want obviously. him to fail. I don't think they actually want him to stay uh, famous with their approval or not. You know, but I I do think that you're probably right that they might have wanted uh, him to his takedown to be public and messy. I think that I think there is some truth to that because yes yeah, it's, it's true they could have moved faster yeah one possibility is they thought i mean they, you think of someone like james gunn who had already directed two did, did he direct the the second yeah, Guardians he of the galaxy both. okay so he directed these two huge hit movies but he still got fired at least temporarily i don't know if yeah, he's back yeah, he, on he, he's, I, maybe he's he got on, like forgiven you're or whatever. absolutely right he did, he did get fired right right so maybe they thought that but i think that that also brings another point i want to talk about in that this is 2021 this is not 2018 or or, or even like 2019 it's a different world like 2018 i think was that that start that's when the aziz ansari thing happened right early 2018 like january i'll be honest i can't remember all right yeah, it sounds right but it was around that time where you could get yes. canceled for something like that, or like an Al Franken, where he's clearly joking. Uh, I don't think Al Franken would get canceled no, today. I don't think so. Uh, but back then, he had to be. So I think they totally miscalculated in that. Oh, you know, just because uh, Simulu um, posted four times in Asian Identity like five years ago to promote his TV show, we can get we can nail him. Uh, I think they, if they, if it was indeed them thinking uh, they could nail him for that, they uh, they miscalculated the times. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that what they're not understanding is that Simu is now part of a different game and that the culture wars um, really don't like the Asian American like Bush League doesn't really factor into what's going on at the larger scale. Because I think Disney has hedge bets where they, um, you know, T, like you linked a lot of stuff about what's going on with Star Wars and like the um, the John Favreau uh sort of like faction versus the Kathleen Kennedy faction. Like Disney's got hedged bets. They're sort of on both sides of this, you know? And I think when I looked at Simu, you know, part of me was like, and just looking at how broad his appeal is, particularly with like young white men, that I think in a way, and you know how a lot of like you were saying, like Yellow Flash and these others, they watched Shang-Chi and they were looking for signs of, is this on the woke Kathleen Kennedy side, you know, is there going to be a lot of like woke elements to this representational movie because it has a minority lead or whatever? Or is it going to be like a straight, more fan service based, straight down, you know, uh, straight down the white guy's alley kind of thing? And I think that having watched it and looking at the responses, that Simu's actually more on that side of Marvel, the more non representational, non woke more fan service based, more John Favreau style movie. And so I think this idea of trying to cancel Simu as not meeting the, you know, the the standards of like woke uh, of the woke faction, I don't think Disney cares. Yeah, I mean Yeah, you they, know just, I mean? they just want to make I, money. I don't think that's what Simu represents to them as a table bet. I think he's more of a hedge bet um on the side of the of the white guys that don't like the, the I was stuff. surprised there was no Shang-Chi challenge. Like, you know they made a they made a Black Panther challenge where they had this fake charity cause kind of thing where it's like, we need to get black kids in to see Black Panther. I think there was some attempt, but I think it was also during COVID. Yeah. So it was, it was like nobody wanted to seem Callous. so 
you know, had their priorities so just completely discombobulated that they're like, oh yeah, let's risk our children's health to to get this movie number one. But I knew, I know there were some attacks. I've seen them on Twitter, but I think it was the time, it was just the situation, just just didn't call for it. But yeah, like teen, yeah, I agree with you. Like you watch the movie, there's really nothing like so-called woke about this movie. And there, it is like progressive in the sense, yeah, it does have, uh, it is centered around like a, like a non-European culture it does have like that kind of uh, feminine empowerment thing with his sister and stuff but i think there's like capital w woke movies and just regular movies that happen to have woke messages and i think the example of the uh the former is something like ghostbusters or uh you know the the new star wars trilogy or like last jedi more specifically the ones that are like more in your face the whole objective is to make it in your face and make you uh, you basically like taste it and, and know what you're eating versus the ones that do it more subtly, even if the messages actually resonate more powerfully, like say like Mad Max Fury Road or, or Rogue One or or any of like the James Cameron, like 80s action movies with like Sigourney Weaver or, or uh, Linda Hamilton. And I, I think Shang-Chi is more like that in that, yeah, it does have these more progressive messages, but it, it, it's not so in your face and it's willing to do that as a kind of accommodation but some people the whole point is to um rub it in your face uh there's a there's a great chris rock bit where he talks about uh prisons and how you know like i guess the the big the head inmate or whatever uh makes people like eat his ass and then and the whole point of that is like well <laughs> was like why do you do that why not just like make them like suck your dick and and they're like well um if someone sucks your dick they you know, they can just kind of pretend it's something else, but <laughs> when they eat your ass, they know they're eating ass. So that, that's the whole oh, point. Jesus with um, yeah, <laughs> so, Sorry for that very uh, graphic <laughs> yeah, image. Yeah, but <laughs> that, I think that's the whole point with some people behind woke movies. It's not even the message. It's the, you're watching this. I know you hate it, but you're going to like it. And, it. and I'm going to make uh, you submit What I love about it. them, and I love when they uh, have this like uh, F-U attitude. Like, if you don't like it, don't watch it. You know, this is the future. And then when it flops, why didn't people watch this? So, so it's like, they, they do that with a lot of stuff. Like, uh, everything's about, hey, after patriarchy, after dude bros, we have the females, Charlie's Angels. Hey, screw you guys. Um, you know, this is the uh, female Ghostbusters. But then once it flops, they try to shame or, you know, blame the people who they were bragging they didn't need the whole build-up. Like, it was all about, like, hey, white tears, male tears, everything, then it flops. And it's like, yeah, I th- why didn't you watch it? It's misogyny. So I always find it kind of funny funny that they want to they want to make you squirm until you until they actually start to fail. Then they kind of always grovel. Yeah, that was particularly bad with uh, Birds of Prey and uh, Little Women, uh, where I, I think they really blamed uh, men for, for the bad for the bad weekends i think birds of prey i think majority men uh men outnumber women watching that but it's like i don't, I don't want to side with, with these like yellow flash ties but you know like when, when they bring up points like that i mean they do have a point in that that is just complete cognitive dissonance and speaking of yellow flash I, it would be funny if if these like ntc moves who claim to be you know progressive uh secretly work with the the kind of anti-sgw youtube guys <laughs> who really hate simu lu because he was really the, like his marketing was really the only woke thing about shang chi because he was going around saying this is history which you know i which i agree is over the top and a little bit grating but they they were so hateful of him and he also like tweeted that message like rubbing it in their face when when shang chi did well this weekend so hey there's a there's an alliance of convenience right there i mean you know enemy of my enemy i mean that happened with divest twitter uh which is like uh Oh, oh, let, let's let's talk about that. That was that was a fascinating development yeah. in this in this round two of this gen, Asian American gender wars. Uh, yeah. Divest Twitter is this w- wing of uh, black female Twitter that is very open about not just hating uh, straight black men, but actually hating the whole black community. And they kind of feel like they call the black community uh, Blackistan, and and they call being pro being pro whack. So, so they call, so they call like <laughs> pro black people, uh, pro whack, and they use slurs. Like they say all types of crazy slurs on their videos. Like they call uh, black 
guys nignogs and all these crazy things like they talk like white supremacists they call white women or non-black women who date black men mud sharks you know and coal burners <laughs> they, just, mm-hmm. they say the weirdest Jeez. uh thing so they will actually bash white women who date black men not on some uh you're stealing our men kind of thing but on some wow you're really slumming you're dating uh a black guy like you know that's total trash like you know they call them tyrones they're like oh you're dating a tyrone really like sick sick type Jeez. S- that's mm-hmm. that's like that's like a red oh pill yeah they use a lot of red pill language and they actually joined forces uh there was this tiktok black guy who was uh talking about white supremacy and going after like uh white supremacists and you know giving like history lessons and pro-black talk on tiktok but for some reason they became um obsessively hateful of him and the divestors joined forces with the the divestors joined forces with the white supremacists like on tiktok to like dig do some digging on him they found out some old warrants that he had and they reported him and now it looks like he's going to go to jail so they basically uh combined forces with white supremacists to send this pro-black guy to jail like that's how sick divestors are and uh i've sent some videos you know some of my things are just so weird they're kind of funny so i just so there's one she was saying stuff like when george floyd was popping off and all those um defund the police stuff was happening last year at the start of covid like last summer and everything she uh, posted a video about how black women need to not be part of the george floyd protests and not be part of the divest movement i mean sorry not be part of the defund movement because without cops who's going to protect black women from black men and we need these cops mm-hmm. Wait, so do these trevor do these do these divestor divestor people like do they still claim to be woke progressive liberal types or, or uh, radical no, no radical they they or? they mock people who go protest they they um tell people they call people who protest which makes no sense uh, this, this, this makes absolutely no sense but they call them mammies which doesn't make sense because mammies are not people who fight white white supremacy they're the people who are like you know uh happy to live with the white work y- for yeah it, you know? yeah but they just know it's a derogatory thing to be a mammy so they just call them uh mammies which makes which makes no sense but uh, they they call it pro whack. They say like you're part of Blackistan and you know you're being pro whack. And so their idea is, you divest from uh, straight black men by divesting from the black community altogether. They think the whole black community is a lost cause for the same reasons that like a right wing white supremacist would. So this Rosnan woman, but the thing that um people don't get is that black people tend to really hate divestors including most run-the-mill black women you know but uh the Roslins and the Eileen's of the world they don't I don't think they know any black people really in real life except and this is why I was getting at when I was saying that blue checks are more like each other than, than like any other group I think the only black people they know are the black versions of themselves like black blue checks and black wanna checks so they you know probably talk to them all the time and they're telling and they're probably being told by them oh yeah girl uh you know black women hate you know black men and all this stuff and you know this like sworn divesting thing that's that's what black women are all about they all think black men are all patriarchs so Rosalind was like pretty emboldened and she jumped in she saw people talk she saw people talking about divestors and she's like I don't think anybody should be going after them because uh let, let me paint the uh, the background yeah. info because I I think I think this mm-hmm. is what happened. Um, so I mean this event has like various stages. Like day one is the Slate article. Day two I think was then the shift focused from Asian men to Asian women. I think large part because a lot of Asian women started uh started like supporting the article. And one uh, writer named Frankie Huang tweeted something like. One day I will be brave enough to write a piece about, uh, you know, how Asian American women grow up in these uh, patriarchal, misogynistic Asian families, which leads us to not want to uh, associate or date Asian men. 
and uh, a lot of people got angry at that tweet and and you know to to give it, it wasn't just it was a lot of asian women you know this was as you know this wasn't just some like one-sided thing and then i think josh um you know our friend who uh does a lot of work for fair.org uh quote tweeted it saying hey uh no no, no, no. uh jamel jamel the creator of resistance quote tweeted that and he was like like this is the exact same type of logic that diversers use josh our friend um who writes for fair uh a lot uh quote tweeted him and then eileen uh, quote tweeted josh uh, called him out which i find very curious because it's like and she said uh it's um it's like misogynoir to call uh black women who criticize black men divesters or something like that be like okay well if that's your point why not call out jamel he's the one who actually made the original point but of course jamel is black josh is asian the asian guy is always easiest to pick on and then i think I think like Jamel or something like went after her and then she like deleted everything uh, accidentally, supposedly. And then that's what brought Rosalind in being like, I don't know what a divester is, but, you know, this doesn't seem that bad. And then uh, Andre Domis comes in and be like, oh, you don't want to you don't want to step on this landmine, you know, back off if you know what's good for you. And then that's kind of how uh, black black people got dragged into this. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that um, Eileen might have had like some input from like a black friend at Yale or something like that or yeah that's what I think say. but also I just think they just think like, everybody who um you know is, is bashing uh men of color is probably doing it for the same reasons they are you know and that they can just you know they're all automatically like sisters in arms you know of uh you know I mean like I think their values are so one thing that was interesting I saw people who are pro Taiwan people like pro um hong kong people like um uh pro uyghur genocide talking points people anti uyghur genocide talking points when i was when I, oh yeah like promise lee would be yeah promise yeah lee yeah when i was looking at yeah. their bios and i was like it's just amazing how these people have pretty really divergent politics some of them are like, consider themselves like commies uh, communists some of them are like uh liberals whatever but uh the the cause of um, saying that the shittiness of men of color is what drives them to need to escape to the oasis of uh, uh, white men just kind of trumped everything. So I just think in line with that, she just saw the divest thing and just thought, oh, this is that same old, you know, type of uh, intersectional sword or talk. So she just went without knowing that she was co-signing people who call like swirlers i mean divesters call uh black men bullet bags you know because you know the cops shoot them and stuff they think like they're just good for being shot so they call them things like bullet bags and they you know try to get them conquered conquered men men, all this stuff so uh when eileen did that she really started attracting black people because black people were like who is this asian woman who's defending divestors and saying that she's doing it on behalf of of black people so that really really uh right. backfired for her because i feel yeah, these times they yeah. don't really know uh running the mill salt of the earth uh black people women or otherwise except like you know the blue checks they encounter on twitter who are just like them you know except directed at black men instead of asian men right. but they just think of them as like shields and mascots. I mean, I find it very like insulting because even that Simu Liu thing, um, there is this uh, truth that I've kind of come to notice, and that's that uh, white people don't really care about the Asian American stuff that much, and I don't think they really care about the black stuff that much. But there's a sense that they're supposed to. So. Uh, I think they have more. I, th- I think they know that they have more at stake with with uh, black discourse, and and that they, they, they could be more easily dragged into and be incriminated by. Yeah, the they feel more there. indicted. Whereas they they really yeah. don't think that. They, yeah, whereas with Asians, I think they just we don't know these people anything, and and I think generally the the sort of like overall. Uh, environment in America kind of agrees with that. So they, you can't, it's hard to get someone in deep trouble with Asians. Like you can always apologize away if you fuck up with, 
yeah, saying something about Asians. Exactly. And I think to some yeah. level, they realize if we just keep this about uh, Asian women, we're not going to get the response that uh, we want from non, non-Asian non people. And, you know, so I think that's why uh, the pedophile thing was um, important. And also, that's why I think they dragged out black women because nobody could prove that Simu Liu was a moderator of a Reddit or forum dedicated to bashing uh, black women. But it just, like, made no sense. Like, why would he do that? Like, <laughs> what, what would be in it? It wasn't even a lie that made sense. Like, just on its surface, like, to me, it would be almost more understandable if he was, like, one of those uh, anti-black Asian people who got uh, sucked into, like, that race science stuff. But those types usually hate just black people in general like what burning thing there was no narrative behind it they didn't say like hey he used to date a black girl and he um you know it didn't go well like what happened with eminem or it wasn't like that daniel Holsclaw thing where (laughs) he he was targeting them for rape because they were vulnerable and he can get away with it or something it was just Hey, this guy, he's acting. He's doing all this stuff with his life, but he's just got this burning need to just uh, go in on black women to the point that he um, moderates uh, a website. Just was the idea that it was an all Asian male website dedicated to uh, a Reddit dedicated to bashing black women, or it was just. I don't. Yeah. I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters. I, I think. I think their strategy is we. We know that there is this. I mean, we brought up the Mandarin, like the comic book character before, but there is like a real life equivalent. There is this stereotype of Asian men that's just like in Western culture. So I. I think what their point point is just, just, just kind of like bullshit their way. Just try to just muddy up the water so that yeah, what whatever you think the worst about Asian men, you kind of true. And I'm gonna read this tweet by this Edward Hong guy again, and he says. The thing about MRA is that you don't need to be in the Asian identity Reddit group to be one. It is embedded in a vast majority of Asian men. It rears its ugly head when we are enraged to see an Asian woman with a white man, but call it progress to see an Asian man with a white woman. So you put together all the stuff he's saying. He's saying that an an Asian American man uh, doesn't need to do anything to actually be this toxic Asian male. I mean, Uh, in fact, mm -hmm. he can... Oh, no, I'm saying my favorite part is that uh, if we, if we find evidence, then that's proof that uh, he did it. But if you don't find evidence, that's proof that he did it and deleted it. <laughs> so it's like there's pretty much no way he's not going to be guilty with those two standards. Like lack of evidence is somehow evidence and evidence is somehow evidence. Or even if uh, he didn't scrub it, uh, it's just embedded in a va- and I quote vast majority of Asian men. And this Edward Hunga, he's the one who like goes on and on about how he used to be one of these types, and he's like struggling every day, and he basically is is like, is like, and, you guys of, like predict- and you guys predicted that you guys predicted it's not even a prediction because we've seen like Tina and I we've seen these types so much before. Like like back in 2018, there was a guy named Louis Leung who was basically doing the same thing. He was trying to position himself as like the defender of Asian women, who's like this reformed Asian man type of bullshit. These guys are just so easy to sniff out. And, 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 I mean, and you can see because it get it gets you access to a lot of um, like females, like Asian female spaces. Because they do want like male allies. I think like I feel I feel like if it's only women, I think they feel as insecure as as groups that are only men. And the old, you know everyone's like, wait, this is a fucking sausage fest, right? Like we need some women in here to back us up. And I feel like they also feel like they need male allies. I think part of it, you know, when I said about that leverage thing, I feel like part of that leverage isn't merely to uh, con- you know control someone's business or something. But also to to recruit an ally um, to help back them up, and then you get these guys out there going like, "Yeah, MR Asian is real. I'm an Asian guy," and I, you know, they get a lot of praise, and uh, you get like, uh, you know, the blue checks going like, "Oh, I want to praise uh, Aaron Mack for make you know calling attention and being brave to say you know these things or whatever," because it has an extra air of credibility when it's an Asian guy saying it, you know, because they're telling on themselves, right? I also think to some level, this is like a pretty graphic image, but it popped in my head the other way, the other day. I feel like, (laughs) I I feel like there is some 
type of extra feeling of gloating or happiness or whatever if they could feel like um i can't think of a better way to say this but this is just what it feels like to me uh the way they kind of because there's this kind of sense you don't get a sense that these women are ever going to date or get together like people always joke oh um you're being this kind of uh over-the-top male feminist because you're trying to get laid. But I don't think it's that. I never get a sense that they view these guys as anything but asexual uh, tools or whatever. I agree. And I think I the never guys a- also know it. Yeah, yeah. I think the guys know it too. I don't think, you know, I think there's this kind of thing where it adds to the fantasy, the idea of uh, we want you to uh, hold the white guy's jockstrap while, you know, uh, he's having sex with us. Like, you know, we want you to be there, uh, you know, helping helping out, like fluff the pillows and, you know, uh, y- yeah, just, just that, that's what I feel like it's kind of, like they're there like to the, be kind of like units. the Chinese firecracker kid in uh, Boogie Nights. Just uh, <laughs> hang around. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that scene. Oh, that, that's such a nerve-wracking scene. Um, yeah. And like in a good way. You're just so put on edge. Yeah. But anyway, no. Yeah. Here's, the graphic here's idea what... I had. Yeah, sorry. The, the graphic idea I had was like they they want their ultimate dream is like the Asian guy holding the white man's penis for him and you know positioning it <laughs> to. <laughs> that's that's what I think their fantasy ultimately is. The way that I see them tweet and everything, the ultimate kind of subjugation in a way. It sounds very conspiratorial, but. I think it's what they well. They that dream would be of. respecting. That would be quote like the ultimate in terms of quote respecting their choice. The you know choices right is like not not only do I uh, you know do I do I give space to make the choice, but I fully support and endorse it. So please let me yeah guide it in. You know. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. My, my sense with these guys, and you know, I, I I do feel for them in the sense I I think they're stuck in a very hard place in that. Which guys? The like the like the, like the, the Louis uh, Leungs, the okay. um, the, the yeah, Edward the captive Holmes. boys, the yeah. firecracker boys. Yeah, the uh, yeah, firecracker <laughs> boys. Is that they? You know, they grow up angry. They they see what's happening around them, and they they they're they're privy to all the bullshit they hear from you know their sisters or their like Asian female friends or all that, and and very understandably they get very angry, uh, but they are they just see no way to rise above it because I think. They're often like not attractive enough to simply just, I don't know, lift their way out of it or charm their way out of it or, or I don't know, uh, glow up their way out of it. So they're like, okay, I, which, I have. To- which probably makes them hate Simu uh, un- for another reason as well, you know. I mean, yeah, possibly. He can. So, so they they only really have two choices. I can just keep getting angry and angrier, and and just uh, there's no way out for me. And that's one path. The only other path for me is to just com- turn completely simp or whatever you want to call it, firecracker. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. at least that will not make me feel like a total uh morlock at least i'll get to be in the company of women even yeah. if i know i'll be, I'll be, I'll be in the room where it happens like hamilton the room, except and, in the room and, i'm not gonna be having sex i'll be throwing firecrackers yeah <laughs> and you know uh, i think i don't i don't think they're all about sex so like e- even if i can just be friends with just people who aren't others like me the lowest of the low which is like other morlock asian guys that's a step up, and I think. Well, didn't did but didn't Ed Hong or whatever his name is like? Didn't didn't he say like that he he is a reform? He's the reformed MR Asian, right? Yeah. Didn't he say that he has quote relapses and that he tries to get better every day? And his he he wants to thank his partner who corrects him. You know, like yeah, she when he she, has a she runs I don't a stern household. She'll, uh, she'll dominate him back into uh, proper. Yeah, like I don't know in this case mindset. what a relapse means. Like, does he just go on a bender and start screaming about, <laughs> you know, white men with Asian and, women and, or something? Like, and that's the thing. What does that it's mean? Like, What's a relapse? I feel like these guys are way angry about it than what they think. I think they think we're as angry about it as they are. When most oh, of us totally. don't really care, especially anymore. It's like it's twenty twenty one. And it's like, but I want to ask. I want to ask this question of to Trevor because I know um, you think about this psychological aspect of this a lot, which I find might be applicable here. But like that tweet where he said, it was Ed, right? That said, like every Asian guy has an MR Asian in him or whatever. Like that that 
in a way, I know that's a fucked up tweet. I, I, I was wondering, though, would it have been a better tweet if he just said all men, not Asian men, but he just said all men have this dark side to them when it comes to how they think about women? I and, think a lot of people would have accepted that because people kept saying right? over and over again, we don't care that you want to date white men or whatever, but why do you have to keep bashing uh, all of Asian manhood to do it, especially when you're not even talking about white guys who kill six Asian women in a nail parlor. Like, that's somehow... Or when you do talk about it, you still somehow blame Asian men for that. Like, you're so into preserving and kind of protecting uh, white white men and white uh, patriarchy. And I really do believe... Like, I first off, I do think the MR Asian is real, just like the black misogynist or... Uh, parody like that that yeah, does totally. exist out there you yes. know like i don't want to of course make it seem like you know either of us are saying that this is a made-up thing it's just that the way they kind of use it to paint everybody who disagrees with them with that with that brush you know so i think those guys really wouldn't the true mrasians i don't think they would care no matter how they phrased it you know but i think a vast majority of the people criticizing them if they did what you said i totally think they would be fine Totally. Yeah, because I think this, it's there's actually some truth to it. I think the problem with agree. his tweet was he stopped at Asian men, but if he'd gone all the way and said, look, every man has – is not – you know, you can't just like um, split the world into these are the toxic men over there and they go to the websites and, and whatever and then everyone else is not – doesn't have this dark side, doesn't have this shadow side or whatever – uh, it seemed to me that that actually is, um, like just out and out rejecting his tweet to say, no, like Asian men are, uh, not misogynist or whatever is kind of also a problem because that's not true. Right. And I think that it, 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 it like in terms of them not having a way out, you know, I wonder if it's because they're just stuck in that sort of constant need to repress the uh, the dark side or the shadow side, I might say, of their of their attitudes towards women, without really ever trying to process what actually is going on in the in, the, in that shadow side. Yeah, right. They just they just look at that the the set of instinctive instinctual feelings that go towards say uh, you know the Asian male uh, resent uh, jealousy of the white man or resentment of the Asian woman who's with the white man or whatever. And they just say that whole com, you know, that whole thing, your emotional reaction to that is just toxicity. And you need to get rid of it. And I think his saying, like, I have relapses seems to be this idea that he could just fully, like, just just somehow cut those feelings off as if you could lobotomize it, you know, and, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I, like, I, I, I think I think he also he, says it to reassure his uh his feminist partners in crime, like, hey, I'm not getting ahead of myself. I'm still self-flagellating. Don't don't worry. I'm not going to take... Because right. that's, that's something these people kind of worry about, too, is that the men that they allow into the space, maybe they might take off. And he's very conscious of it, because if you notice, he keeps trying to say, hey, guys, it's not me. I'm just a messenger. Follow these wonderful women. It's really their story. So I think maybe... That's part of why he has to keep saying he has to relapse. Like, hey, I'm still learning from these wonderful women. I'm not, I'm not perfect. I want to make sure because uh, if he takes off, it's what happened with Tanahasi Coates, and it's what happened with this guy um, Xavier something, where Sean King probably too. Yeah, Sean King uh, too. Where okay, you're getting too popular now. Now you're a target. Like a lot of these uh, woke guys who play nice with these uh you know feminists a lot of times if they take off as an ally in a way that's bigger than the people they're supposed to be playing support to you know it's kind of like if um the supreme one of the supremes that wasn't uh diana ross uh took off and stuff <laughs> diana ross would probably like like lose it you know uh, i'm supposed to be the one that breaks out solo First. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, so. Let's get into the, the sibling rivalry things. I really want to get into that. But before we do that, okay. I want to oh, read oh, this oh, tweet. By, oh. Oh, wait, 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 before you do that, can I just finish a point I was making before? Cause, yeah, yeah, Because I, I don't think I'll be able to get back to it. The 
the black woman thing I thought was so disingenuous because I think it goes back to this idea of knowing that they don't really, um, white people don't really care about Asian issues like that, but um, they care about uh, black people, but not even uh, all black people because they don't really care about black men either, but it's very trendy now to be pro-black woman. Like, and they um, there's this, there's this um, Reddit called uh, r slash aw, like A-W-W-W, and it's like they put cute pets and, oh yeah, I think I uh, subscribed to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this I remember I saw somebody once joke on Twitter that liberals talk about uh, black women like like posts on r slash aw. Like you know that's the, yeah. that's the patronizing way that they talk about them. Like trust them, love them. They'll save us. They'll lead us to the promised land. Stuff that they honestly they apparently don't believe, but it's just virtue signaling. So you know, I think that that crowd saw like okay they don't really care about us but they love talking about um you know black women so let's just use that say say uh let's, let's use black women so this kind of using black women as just like a kind of um sympathy gaining shield and i think that's why they they did it but i think that never satisfies them because it's just like what you describe with the uh, um um pedophile thing where they use this other stuff to kind of get white people interested but they're hoping they eventually um like that's their entry or their hook but that they eventually move on to sympathizing with uh the asian women and their and their plight and that just never really quite happened all that ended up happening for them was people either fixated on the um fixated on the pedophile thing or black people uh, turned on them because like why are you bringing up black women and divesting and all this stuff you don't know about and it really really went bad i don't think they ever really got the white support i think they were also hoping that by using the black woman they were going to get their uh sister blue checks of the more melanated uh variety <laughs> to jump into which never happened like there was no because uh, they do it a lot, you know, when there's a lot of black men are trash posting happening. You know, I always see a lot of these people kind of jump in, you know, mm -hmm. to kind of do their, like, you know, Sisters of Solid. And then I think they kind of hope by painting Simu as this um, guy. It's just too much of a stretch. Would, it's just, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, too much, too much as soon as, like, the, <laughs> the tweets came out that kind of just provided more explanation, people were just like, what the hell? This is nothing. Yeah. Here. Yeah, yeah. Black feminist Twitter did not bite at all. Last thing I'll say, he kind of has a Chris Evans energy to me. Wait, say again. He kind of has a Chris Evans energy to me. It's just very likable and affable type of guy. Yeah, and and just like kind of kind of corny, uh, yes. in 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 that in the best way possible, and you know, like sexually non-threatening. Like no, no one's gonna think of him as like yeah that way and yeah and whatever. But um. Yeah, yeah. Before we get onto the like sibling rivalry thing, I, I want to read this tweet by No Totally, who was like the the, the creator of, of like the whole like anti simo thing, uh, as far as I know, way back in like August of 2019. Uh, thanks for listening to part one of this episode. If you want to listen to part two, please go subscribe to our Patreon at www.patreon.com/planamag. The link is in our show notes. All our patrons get access to weekly bonus episodes and access to our Discord as well. So if you like this episode, we hope you will sign up if you already haven't and enjoy part two and all our future bonus episodes as well.